Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. It's great to be back uh, live in studio this morning as I'll be sitting down with former city manager of Dubois, Ron Trasna. I should note that last week I was to have a local city official on, but unfortunately they canceled last minute. But as always, any city official is welcome to come on Contact on Connect FM. Always look forward to sitting down with our local elected officials. When we return, we're going to sit down with former city manager Ron Trasna. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. I'm excited about this uh, conversation this morning. We're going to learn a lot about uh, city management. Uh, We're sitting down with former city manager, Ron Trasna. Mr. Trasna, welcome to Contact. Thank you for inviting me, Michael. Well, we appreciate you making time and coming in. I think in the next 25 minutes, we won't have enough time to cover everything that we'd like to discuss, but we'll do our best to get through some of this. Tell us, sir, uh, you were city manager. When were you city manager, and what's that job? What does it entail? And maybe you can tell us some of your highlights from that. Okay, I was city manager from the year 2000 to 2005. Uh, During that period, I'm responsible for the public works department, uh, sewage and water, uh, also public safety, which is a police department, uh, responsible for uh, reviewing expenses, budgeting, explaining variances from budget to actual, uh, and dealing with the public on a, a daily basis and a- trying to answer any questions that they would uh, bring forth to you. Yeah, I think it's a really detailed job. It's a tough job. It doesn't matter who's in that job. Uh, currently, our acting city manager is Chris Nasuti. Um, I've, I know Chris, but very briefly, um, I think he's intelligent, very capable. I think this is a tough job, though, I think, but I do think he understands the moment that we're in. I think his background gives him some information, you know, will lead him in the right direction. Uh, he's he's going to have a tough job ahead of him. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, no question, tough job, but again, I'll say it, I think uh, Chris is up to the task and uh, understands the importance of this moment. So tell us, uh, I think there may be some confusion out there. Uh, different offices in our city, I think most people understand what the treasurer does. But what's the controller do? The controller is responsible for overseeing expenses and reviewing invoices and matching them up to checks being sent out to the, uh, to the vendors. Uh, they should be asking questions associated with, uh, with anything that is really on an invoice that is really questionable. And they should make sure that all uh, every check that is sent out, that there's an invoice associated with it or a receipt. Yeah, it seems like a job that I don't think it, it got too much attention until now, right? This is a job that people are looking at saying, what is the role of this person? And 
Um, how do you go about doing that job? I guess the biggest question on that is the background of each individual that goes into a controller's position. I would think that you should have some accounting background and you should have the ability to, to really question items. Uh, and at that point in time, also signing off on checks and giving them to the Treasurer's Department. Right. And I do think, and I think uh, you would know this best, sir, you were a former city manager. Those positions are elected. They are harder to fill. We don't exactly pay a lot of money. I think the controller gets paid a whopping $100 a month. I think that's, you know, it's, if my memory corrects, is correct, I think it was at that point in time that uh, the controller and uh, council members got uh, basically $1,200 a year and the mayor got $2,400 a year. Right, not exactly. Uh, and I don't know if it's changed or not. We're talking 18 years ago. But a lot of work and a lot of uh, sacrifice for those people to serve. Um, I've had uh, the mayor on a few times. Uh, we've dedicated a whole show to their accomplishments. But today, we're not really talking about those. We are looking at something a little deeper. Uh, you went to a city meeting recently, I believe it was March 27th. Um, you spoke to city council. You had questions. You want to comment on those questions that you had for them? And why did you feel it necessary to come forward with some of those questions? Well, I think a lot of the questions came about after I read the affidavit. Uh, associated with uh, the rest of our city manager and at that point in time looking through some of the things I'm going it goes back to the thing is uh, the way it's stated in here it makes you go hmm you know uh, wow is this really occurring uh, like one of the things was with uh, the bonus program I don't know where the bonus program come around come about from but when reading that, I had to make some calls, so I called three different municipalities that are third-class cities in the state of Pennsylvania, and I also called the uh, Pennsylvania League of Cities and Municipalities in Harrisburg to kind of ask them, uh, do other communities uh, put forth bonuses, and what is the criteria? And it was just amazing that every one of them said, not that we know of, it appears Du Bois was the only one that, that actually provides bonuses to uh, administrative staff and, and so forth. Yeah, I want to bring that up. There was a great letter to the editor yesterday, and it was a very well thought out, well written letter um, by a resident named Jean Cole. She said, and I'm just going to read this to you for, uh, for your reaction. I still have a question which wasn't answered to my satisfaction, and I'm taking it out of, uh, I'm not reading the whole article. Okay. From what source of income were the bonuses given to city workers? In private enterprise, bonuses are given to company employees from company profits and are given at the discretion of the owner. In city government, income for the running of a city comes from the taxpayers. In that case, the income is specifically used for the business of the city. How could taxpayer money be used for bonuses? Aren't monies in excess of the annual budget put back into the budget for the following year? It sure our money is put back in the excess of the annual budget per the following year. I'm sure the citizens of the Dubois can think of many areas where excess budget and money could be used to benefit our town. Is that a fair, has she got a fair question? I would say that is a, a really a good question on her part. Um, I have reviewed uh, or the audit reports from uh, uh, the city of Dubois going back to 2015. And, it's amazing how much money is transferred from one fund to another because if you just look at the general fund, they're running at a deficit on a yearly basis. 
and money is transferred in from the other funds to balance the fund. So in, in a third-class city, you have to have a balanced budget when you when you start a, do a budget in November. It has to tie revenues have to match expenses. And when I look at that question, just red flags pop up to me. Yeah, that's all. So b- back to these bonuses. So uh, you were a city manager? Yes. Did you ever give a bonus? No. No, no bonuses. No bonus I ever know. No, none of. And of course, like I said, uh, a couple of those other uh, municipalities told me that is taxpayers' money, and that should go to the taxpayers, not to uh, to administrative staff. That's why you hire them and you pay them salary. And city council did answer. They, uh, I don't. I'll speak. I'll give you their answer. They essentially said we don't have any paperwork on that because it refers to personnel so they're not going to be able to tell us to gene cole's question they're never going to be able to tell us who they gave these or they're not going to want to tell us who they gave these bonuses to and how much my big question on this is what is the criteria that they use to give out bonuses is there something written you would think that there have to be something written on a criteria in in the city of dubois and I guess it's up to every citizen in the city of Dubois to ask that question. They have, under the right to know uh, law, that they can go up and request that information. And really, that information should be available. It's no different than when school boards put out teacher salaries. Right. It's a, it's a government entity. And the city of Dubois is a government entity. And, and uh, under Sunshine Law and under the right to know law, you really need to provide that information to, our, to the taxpayers. Right, and it should be noted, uh, Mr. Trezna, at least in my opinion, because I've talked to numerous elected officials, at any time they can give us that information. We don't have to fill out a right to know. They can waive it. In fact, they could post everything and anything on the website today and say, here are the contracts, here are the salaries. I will say this, to her credit, uh, Councilwoman Shannon Gabriel did post on my Facebook uh, about a week ago or so saying, Michael, I agree. We need to open up uh, the transparency. It seems a little too late for me, but the transparency needs to happen. It needs to come. Is she right? Like, we can't post this stuff. Well, there's certain laws in the Sunshine Act, uh, uh, Act 65 there, really says that you have to provide openness for everything. And the sit- residents and taxpayers shouldn't have to jump through hoops right. to get to things. And that is what city government does to you. They make you jump through hoops to get it. You know, uh, you can put a right to know in, and they only have, they have five business days to answer you on that. And they don't really have to give you that information. Right, which is interesting because I, I think there are probably some things that you do need to keep uh, not uh, out in the public. Uh, personnel records would be one of those things. They need to be put away. But I think when it comes to spending of money, uh, meeting access, um, I, I note that the Sandy Township supervisors allow residents to call in and listen to that meeting. I think we should do more of that type of stuff. Anything to allow the public to see what they're doing would be a step in the right direction. I bring that up because Mayor Walsh, I did ask him, and he said, you know, Michael, I think that's up for the next city council, but I think we need change now, and I think it's going to be imperative to get this transparency in place. I I think it's really good that you would have transparency. You know, like you said, and the questions I put forth the council was they had a fiduciary uh, responsibility and an oversight responsibility duties to to manage 
functions of the city of Dubois, and they needed to oversee every activity that's going through. I, I know it's hard to to see everything, right? But you really have to know, and and you have to put that forth to the taxpayers. You have to be honest with the taxpayers. Now, my question on that is putting everything online or having meetings in the uh, you know online open meetings. Residents and taxpayers don't come to the meetings as it is. I, I don't know if they would sit down and even actually listen. That's that's not a concern of theirs. They're all they're concerned about is their streets been paved, has their uh, snow been taken off the the road, uh, has chips been down in a certain area. I don't have water in my yard. Right. Those are the only things that they care about. And and I've talked to other municipalities where they have televised the meetings. And they also said, you run into uh, problems because uh, some of the council men are, members think they're movie stars. Ah. <laughs> well, I don't know about that <laughs> here, but uh, that would be interesting. What, uh, so let's, let's come back to this. Um, when you were a city manager, it's my understanding our former city manager had a 10-year contract that's something new to Michael Clement, meaning I knew it existed, but that's a long contract. Is that normal? Did you have a long contract like that? Uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't have a contract at all. My understanding with the council and uh, the mayor at that time was, hey, if you if I wanted to quit, I'm quitting. And if uh, you wanted to get rid of me, you can get rid of me. All I wanted to do what was best for the community of the city of Dubois. So you had no contract? No contract. No guarantees. No guarantees. The The current contract, uh, which was uh, signed in March of 2015, ran for 15 years and what I are uh, for 10 years. And what I really noticed most of all of that, it was it was a contract that has uh, lawyeries wording and sure. everything else in that contract. But there was one standard clause that wasn't included in that contract. Most contracts, if you you see something like on a uh, higher level, you would see that uh, most ha- they, the standard clause, which allows the individual to be suspended or fired with cause for behavior that is unbecoming or leads to criminal charges involving a felony or any charge involving theft, dishonesty, or moral turpitude. That was, that's something that should have been in that contract, and there was nothing in there. So that clause is not in the no, contract? No, no, there isn't. A 10-year contract, somebody gets in trouble, it's totally missing. And a matter of fact, uh, from that contract, it appears that uh, if Mr. Sapolizio would quit or if he was fired, uh, the city of Dubois was responsible for paying his salary and one lump sum for the duration of the con- uh, contract. So I want to be clear. I do not have the contract in front of me. It's my understanding you have reviewed the I, contract? I reviewed it yesterday at the city building. Okay. There's three different contracts. Three different contracts. And one is listed for the general fund. One is listed for the manager as manager of the sewer fund. And the last one is for the manager of the water fund. Yes, and that I have read in the newspaper. And I think Mayor Walsh should have explained that on my show as well. But I want to focus on going back to that. So you're saying that there is there is a clause in there that you can resign or be terminated, and you get to be paid to the end of the contract. To the end of the contract. That is correct. So now I ask the question, and again I give uh, Councilwoman Shannon Gabriel credit for this. She 
brought up at the meeting that both you and I attended. Should be noted that I was attacked at that meeting, even though I didn't talk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that uh, she she made a motion to rescind his contract. And there was a long pause, if you can recall. They did end up rescinding his his extension, his contract extension. So that would have been nine more months that we would have been on the hook for? Through the end of 2025, yes. Yes. According to the current contract. According to the current contract. And the amazing part on it was there was two years left on the current contract that the, that they needed to extend it right at that time. Yeah, they was, could have waited till 2024, 2000, first of 2025, and actually, may, if they wanted an extension, then they could have did it at that time. Two years. I I I don't know what the hurry was. What the rush was. Yeah. And then I mean, I put a timeline on, timeline on my Facebook post. Uh, exactly one week later, uh, the city manager was arrested uh, and yeah. indicted. I, yeah. The it following just seems Monday. This, yeah. They, they said in their answer, uh, official written answer to the Courier Express, they said we weren't aware of any warrants coming. Well, I'm not sure what that means because it seems like we do not need warrants in Pennsylvania to put people on paid administrative leave. So I'm not sure I understand that answer at all. No, no I, I totally agree with you at that point. Uh, I mean, there were, it seemed like there was a lot of knowledge going around the community that he was going to be arrested on Monday. And it just appears that, I don't know, was... Uh, did the city council and everyone have their uh, heads buried in the sand? I don't know. Yeah, I do not I can't know. answer the question I on that. I can't either. They are giving written answers back, but I think some of those written answers are actually causing more problems than helping them explain to the people. I think more importantly, and I think you would agree with this, we kind of need to know what the processes are to fix this stuff so it doesn't happen again. We really haven't been told, like, hey, we're fixing these processes. One process that I would point out to you, uh, we saw it Monday live at that meeting in March 27th. All the receipts were in an envelope, and they voted on it. Now, again, Shannon Gabriel voted no, and she essentially asked her colleagues to all vote no. They bucked her on that. We paid the receipts. Uh, it is in the affidavit that we don't know uh, that that process seems a little strange. I want to read something from the affidavit to you to get your response here. I'm going to direct your attention to page 11. There are 32 pages in this affidavit. Page 11, where it says, With respect to the monthly report created by Deputy Treasurer Nowak, Delene Shepard, finance officer of the city, testified that this report should also be used to compare with the budget set at the beginning of the year. However, no one ever reconciled them. Can you comment on that? It sounds to me like there's no institutional control there. Now, we're talking me going back uh, 20 years. Sure. But when I came into the city of Dubois, my background is in finance. I was, you know, a financial analyst, cost accountant, finance manager, accounting uh, manager, controller with uh, private manufacturing companies. And I, in my past, I've dealt with with uh, auditing and accounting firms. Matter of fact, I dealt with, I've dealt with three of the top 10 accounting firms in the United States, Grant Thornton, KMPG, and uh, PricewaterhouseCooper. So I kind of understand what, what they're looking for when they, when they do audits. M- my, I created the budget every year. I don't know who's creating the budget up uh, at uh, 
uh, city building right now. And when I created the budget, I did it on a monthly basis. So when I got a report at the end of the month, I'm looking for any variances and anomalies associated with between actual and budgeted expense. And then I would go dig into it and try to find out what actually caused those variances. So I knew going forward, what should I be looking for? There should have been reviews on a monthly basis. And, uh, and right now, I don't think there is any at this point in time. Which is very, I would say, concerning at best, right? So how would you know going forward that if you're, if you're going to have issues down the road, if you had in one month, how, how do you know it's not going to happen in the next month? You need to answer the question right there when it comes up so you can start uh, digging through all the information and also uh, asking questions to the proper people. You have all your administrative staff that you should be able to ask questions to, and they should be providing you information related to what happened. Why are we, why are we off a of budget? Right. Uh, let me ask you this, sir. Uh, audits. What 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 do you expect to find in an audit? Like what comes back to us? Are there findings? Are there what? In in an audit, you will they'll go through all the funds and they'll do it on for assets and liabilities and really basically cash flow in and uh, and flow out. So you're going to have revenue and expenses, and it should go down there. And it's in a third class city, it's supposed to balance. So. At that point in time, they should be reviewing all those things and also reviewing expenses. Anything that is questionable is an expense coming in. And if there's not, if there's an expense and there's no invoice or no receipt, there should be questioning and there should be something going to find out and answer why. In the audits, also, they give you their determination and findings. It's amazing in the, the audits for the city of Dubois, every year, except uh, two of the years that uh, the audits weren't really at the city building, uh, there was determinations and findings. And in that, they also always cited lack of internal controls in the city of Dubois, which basically come back saying city council and uh, the uh, manager did not want to add additional expenses to the city. So they said they could live with what lack of control. So we chose to live with a lack of controls, according to the audits that are available at the city building yes. through a right to know. Uh, all right, sir, when we come back, we're going to finish up with you. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Lifespan Family Services, located in the Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Hi, folks. Are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services. We provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. Having a very interesting conversation with former city manager Ron Trasna. A lot of knowledge there. He has reviewed, uh, as he told me, apparently he was at the city building yesterday for a few hours reviewing uh, documents through the right to know. He is somebody who knew what to look for and ask for uh, with his experience. Uh, Mr. Trasna, how do you think we go forward here? I would say that it's up to the community itself here to determine which direction we're going. There's been just a, I would say, a, 
I, I don't hear a whole lot of people talking about anything. It's like everything is just acceptable in the city of Dubois. The, the residents and taxpayers really need to come up, and they need to hold everyone's feet to the fire. And they also have to make some determinations. You have elections coming up here in, in November, and, hey, somebody needs to do something about the the lack of control in the city of Dubois. Right. And really, I'm. do I really feel that citizens are going to do that? I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. And that's kind of disappointing to me. Sure. I would note that the primaries are May 16th. Those okay, are going to be yeah. important primaries. It looks like some candidates are doing a write-in campaign. So it seems like some residents absolutely do care. Uh, what else can you leave us with? We have about a minute left that you'd like to say. Well, I want to see the Dubois city, city of Dubois survive. Right. And I'm not quite sure that it's going to be able to dig itself out of this. There's too many things that are really just like hidden. And really, we as a public really need to, to step up. And that would be my, that's the only request that I have for the taxpayers of city of Dubois. All right, sir. Mr. Ron Trasna, former city manager, thank you for coming on Contact on and, Connect FM. And thank you for having me.